0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, listeners, you're back with Benny, Banksy, and Boydie, the basketball blokes, dribbling all things Aussie hoops and NBL fantasy. Now, obviously, this weekend, we've got a bit of a break in the NBL season, so we're talking a little bit of boomers. We'll do some news. We'll talk around the grounds, what happened with our scores in fantasy last weekend, the goods, the bads from last weekend, and also then we've got a bit of a special treat. Benny's been doing some work on our... uh, Pre season previews, and it's got a bit of a clips, uh, clips highlights package. Would you call it highlights? we calling
1: it low lights. Well, we did have some highlights, but I've focused mainly on the low lights just for a bit of entertainment bit of, value. A bit of shits
0: and giggles a bit later on, in. so uh, stay tuned. And then obviously, next week's pod, we're going to talk what we do usually, which will have the captain's choices, the trade uh, targets for the week, etc. But let's start off with the news and hot topics for the week. And jeez, Benny, has there been some hot topics on the socials?
1: Yeah, certainly. It's been one we've tried to avoid. Uh, being the referee and the standard of refereeing, I guess, is probably more specific. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm a wily owner. Before anyone listens to this thinking that I've got, I'm speaking with my fantasy owner hat on. What I'm going to do is actually read out uh, some tweets from some other prominent. Uh, NBL figures on the refereeing and uh, give you their thoughts, so it's not just my uh, tainted Wiley owner fantasy opinion. Uh, so, first of all, Boti Nagy uh, tweeted through the week, it's almost an NBL sweep, refs ruining every game of the round. So a bit of a whack there. Whack. Uh, Derek Rucker, former player. hmm uh, said the refs killed the energy by trying to suppress the natural and competitive emotion with an ejection. Just really bad. I don't believe in coincidences. So being last year, Wiley today. So a bit, almost a bit of a conspiracy theory from Derek Rucker there. So. Yeah, well, and
0: well, I'm going to play devil's advocate. I've got one here from none other than our man John Casey uh, at John Casey two eight eight zero. I am completely over this hashtag NBL19 ref bashing. What does it achieve? The refs are doing their best. Sure they make mistakes, and so do all you people moaning. FFS. What, for fruit salad? For fruit salad? I don't know. We'll look that one up. The NBL glass is half full fans, not half empty, with a beautiful picture of all the referees in their green... Uniform. So there's the other side. Now, do we, do we
1: read anything into that, that John Casey's an employee of the NBL? I'm naturally pessimistic, so I probably think that. What about you, Banksy? Yeah. Commentators aren't allowed to
2: speak bad of the refs, obviously, working for the NBL, but I think if uh,
1: you're going to accept mediocrity, you're going to get mediocrity. Well, that's it. And I guess we don't want to encourage ref bashing. Obviously, I had a chat with Bruce Vague a couple of weeks ago, Talking the coinc oh, I guess the repercussions of how what t- people see on TV and how that flows through to junior sports. So we, you know, despite Bordy's relationship with a lot of referees down at the FDBA, we want to encourage referees <laughs> for grassroots basketball. That's for sure. But if like if it's not talked about, it'll never change. That's correct. Exactly. It's got to be called out. And I know this isn't the same thing, but I don't know about you
2: guys. If I'm not doing my job correctly at my workplace it's called out, there's repercussions. And I think that's the main problem at the moment is week in and week out, this is a constant discussion and there's no repercussions as to whether the refs get this right. It's all well and good for the NBL to come out every week on Twitter and say, hey, we got this major call that everyone's complaining about during
1: the week wrong. But what does that get us just by calling it out? And that is the exact point that uh, Bodinagi actually made in his most recent article that I've seen there. So he says... Yes, it's wonderful that the NBL confirms that Jacob Wiley's expulsion in the second quarter of Adelaide's loss to Illawarra was wrong. But what does that achieve? Uh, Is the result of the game null and void? Do they play again? What is the compensation for the loser of this refereeing error? Surely the very first consequence should be uh, having the referee suspended for at least a round. What do we think about that? Refs get calls wrong. It's a given. And we accept that. But that particular
2: call where Wiley was ejected, all three refs went and reviewed that. Mm-hmm. They went through the review process, they halted the game, and they came back with the decision, and the incorrect decision for Wiley to be ejected for the game. And that changed the whole landscape of that game and the outcome of that game. Yeah. Yep, agreed. Not good enough in that circumstance, I'd agree with that as well.
0: No, and I think if you're going to relate it to something else, like if a player was making howlers, howler decisions like this, the player would be called out about it. And that's the professionalism in the league, and we need to make sure that there's there's because it's it's just the amount of people talking about this issue must mean that there is something not quite right. Now I think let's say 80 to 90 percent of the time they're doing the right they're making the right calls and and the game's actually going okay. But you had some stats on the Banksy had some the stats man had some.
2: So that's about the free throws in the game, a couple of Well, that's games. it. It's not just the wrong calls. It's the over-officiating. And it's not like the players have, have called it out on Twitter, that they're a bit over the over-officiating. Uh, we even retweeted during the week that story with um, Joey Wright. Yeah, yep. He Enjoy. said this is finally a season where, you know, he's not he's excited about his coaching. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. not enjoyable anymore. And the stat I'll throw at you is in that New Zealand-Perth game over in New Zealand, we had 61 free throws. Ugh. Ugly basketball. Adelaide and Illawarra was a high-scoring game, but we sat through 83 free throws. So full credit for the NBL and what we've done over the last few years and what they've been able to achieve. We've got a fantastic product now. That's not the problem. The problem is we could have an even better product if we get this reffing corrected and just make some changes so there's some you know, repercussions if they don't get it right. Yeah, and I don't know,
0: I, even uh, one of us who might have just been talking just then might be called Banksy, has tweeted live during games a couple of times about um, you know a couple of the import players. Maybe maybe they were his captain choices for the week, maybe named Sean Long, uh, I'm not too sure, but let the imports play was one of the tweets, I think. That's not a quote that's loosely uh, uh, said there, but uh, uh, but he, he's right. we, we I want to see Long playing... You know, thirty minutes a game without getting into foul trouble because a lot of his fouls that he's getting a lot little touchy things and sometimes they're not even there. I, I feel and and that's and that's making I know the game's looking better and and, and it's improving, but that would make the game even better. And exactly. a game where you've got sixty free throws in a game is just not eighty well, three. 83, as, oh, 83 is even insane. worse, and it's not even that makes that makes the game hard to watch because it's, it's not
2: good to watch at all when it's, you've got that many free throws.
1: It's stopping plays all the time when you want it to be free throwing good play. So. Yeah, look, I know we mentioned that we're, the refs aren't getting suspended, but they might be having some sort of internal, uh, I guess, uh, there might be some internal repercussions with their coaches or something along those lines. But we've got the buyer this week. We've got the international duty. Uh, so hopefully they can improve. And on that international duty, let's, uh, yeah, all right, a let's, talk, let's
0: talk a bit of the boomers. So obviously <clears throat> the break of the NBL this week is for the FIBA World Cup qualifier round Uh, this is the fifth window and the Boomers have got a couple of home games, we play Iran on Friday night here in Melbourne and then we play on Monday night again, we play Qatar Um, so I'm going to read out the Boomers team as it's been announced uh, very quickly here, so we've got Dave Barlow, Todd Blanchfield Jason Caddy, Cam Glidden, Matt Hodgson, Nate Jawai, Daniel Johnson, Nick Kay, Mitch McCarron, Craig Moller Mitch Norton and Nathan Sobey. So pretty much every team has got a representative, I think. Oh, except Sydney, just looking at it now. And New Zealand, but obviously New Zealand's got that more New Zealand flavour to the team. There's plenty of New Zealand breakers that are actually no playing Sydney for New Zealand. Kings. There's no Sydney the, Kings players. The
2: best roster ever assembled, apparently. apparently
0: the best roster ever assembled. Wowee. No Kings players. So obviously that's got maybe because Kick It. Might not ever wear a Boomer's singlet <laughs> ever again, and I don't think he should. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's quite an interesting lineup, and I think to talk fantasy, we're not really talking too much fantasy yet, but um, Nate Jawai coming into the side for Big Gussie Brandt um, worries me a little bit. I'm not actually a Nathan Jawai owner at this time, but I, I just I love watching him play, and I think, like Bogart, he would probably uh, do well to have. Rest for the you know 12 days or 14 days whatever the break between games ends up being, um, because you know obviously in previous seasons he's been injured but this year Touchwood he's been awesome and he has been well, not, maybe not awesome but he's been a good solid player. He's getting lots, getting better minutes that he's played for a long time, and he's having impact on the game for
2: Cairns and he's also scoring well for fantasy coaches, so... he's been a value pick, hasn't he? He has been a value pick. He's increased in price. He's almost owned by 40% of the competition, so that's pretty Mm. important, and um, obviously if you're a fantasy coach who looks at the schedule, Cairns have a a really hectic schedule upcoming It's pretty full-on, so ideally if you're owner,
1: you would have liked to know that that Nate had a bit of a rest there heading into their their pretty full-on schedule, but... Yeah. I mean, we've all, I guess, uh, even though he's not on all of our teams, we've sort of, I guess, declared our love for Baby Shaq yeah, as a Baby player. Shack. Yeah, Awesome reward for um, his efforts, obviously, to get back from um, some serious injury-prone seasons. Personally, I'm not too concerned. Yep. I think it'll just be... Should be a strong victory. Yep. And hopefully it's just a, a quick turning over of the legs uh, for Big Baby Shaq. Well, that's right. And I guess the team has
0: DJ, it has Nick K, it has... Hodgson on there as well and even Barlow who's been playing big Um, so you know there's a possibility that he might not get that big of numbers and they might want to play like that fast up tempo game a little bit as well you might even see only one tall with say like a Todd Blanchfield or a Barlow playing the four a little bit and depending on uh, and even Moller, obviously Moller's there as well so it'll be interesting to see I'm looking forward to the games on Friday night and Monday, not actually going to either game but I'll be watching on the TV so should be good. Uh, I think that pretty much wraps us up for uh, news and uh, and that for the week. So let's t- chat around the grounds. All right, around the grounds for the week. Um, so we're starting off with the joint team. Now, as it's been pointed out, uh, we have the joint team and it is actually registered. But just to let the people out there know that the joint team is ineligible for prizes, etc. So... We only have this joint team set up for you, the people, and for uh, helping people that might have a decision that they're trying to make and you might want to go with the decision that we, you know, us three combined have put our heads together to make. It's a guide. Correct. It's just to help people. And that's the reason why we've had the team uh, set up. So I just thought we wanted to chuck that out. Yeah, it goes on
1: Dream Team Talk, all the discussions. We had that yep. up pre... We It was a public team that we had yep. out there before the season started. So that's, that's right.
0: Very similar to the Dream Team Talk, guys have their traders team that's on the AFL website. Um, so it's very similar to that set up. Um, so... Yeah, that's all I'll touch on with that. Um, so the uh, joint team this week scored 582 points, oh, which well, uh, that, that this week we'll, you'll hear a bit later, but that's beaten the ordinary bloke for the week.
2: Probably no um, danger of winning any prizes there anyway. No,
0: and the overall overall rank of the joint team at the moment is 193rd, but if you look at how much they are points-wise off, the, say, the top 10, uh, there are there's quite a bit of distance between.
1: An absolute disaster. I know next week we're going to be talking about our trading, but we fell 1k short of our planned trade. So (laughs) more discuss on that with the joint team. Probably best not to follow it anymore, to be honest. All right. So ordinary bloke. Ordinary bloke for the week? Top bloke? So we start with the top bloke? No, we'll finish with the top bloke. Oh, okay. Go Go I I need to get this out of my system. It's the first time Benny, uh, it's myself, speaking of myself. We've all been there now. I'm surprised you rocked up, to be honest. It's not a good feeling, is it, Benny? Well, it's not. So I scored 568. I'm sitting 138th overall. Uh, a few issues, as I mentioned uh, earlier Jake Wiley, that probably cost me another 40 odd points conservatively there. Uh, and I had, as a lot of people probably had, uh, some a big profile player uh, in my team, someone that I traded in as a priority a few weeks ago. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Probably go down as the worst trade in history. You played the first game, didn't make the trip to the second. We all know who this is, guys, right? Shane Illy. Shane! 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 Oh, my goodness. So, Shane, soon to become Jerome Randall (laughs) Illy, is... uh, Yeah, that hurt a lot. So, um, I think I've uh, vented enough. uh, Only 5% owned Illy. That was part of the attraction. Just, yeah... Anyhow, we'll have more on Shane Illy later on. Banksy. What am I, the average bloke? Again. I'll take that.
2: Um, 615 points for my team this week, so that was 253 as my rank for the round. We won't talk about my overall rank, but I have moved up 500 spots, guys, over the last last two rounds. Wow, that's pretty good. So back on track. I'm happy Happy with with that. that. Um, Could have been a lot better if it wasn't for captain choice, so... Followed my number one choice in long, but big difference between getting 104 points as your captain for long versus getting 270, 270. massive points if you
1: had Nick Kaye, which was our second choice. Um, so I don't know whether to blame Banksy for his captain choices or the Benny Captain Curse, but for any of those wondering, I also had Sean Long. So next pod, I'm going to let you know who I put the Captain Curse on uh, well in advance so you can avoid it and like the play. Just steer clear of Bogut for me if you can. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll be hard, actually. And
0: so, obviously, uh, uh, via ruling out the other two, I am the top bloke for the week, no. so the deep ballers are still going okay. Unfortunately, we had Bryce Cotton, uh, so obviously missed the second Perth game as well, and only scored a lonely 34 for the week, but had Nick Kay as captain, so that
1: 270 points got was it, real good. What did terraco score? Because I know that was a big yeah, trade to decision was, for you. I don't know. what With, with oh, 52 and, in, and the
2: in the game. Cotton was
0: out. Yeah. So that would have... Um, that would have... The the, the terraco decision sort of knocked me back a little bit, but not too bad. So my total score was 648. Or did I already say that? Probably. Um, and I'm currently still ranked 11th overall at the moment. Um, so doing pretty well. And obviously last week I traded in... Uh, Romello Trimble uh, even though he was on a single to set my team up for this next coming round so Uh, got got him on a double this week (laughs) oh next week sorry it it is now but um, you'll hear about that a bit later Uh, and I'm all clear for the Operation Bogut, so we'll talk about that next week. And you're real unlucky with
2: Cotton, and look, you weren't alone there as well. I think he's roughly 29% owned. It made sense with the schedule, four doubles in a row.
1: Your abundance of riches to be able to afford him over Terrico. I'm
2: I'm (laughs) glad I finally missed one of these injuries, but you were very unlucky. Cotton, it was the right decision. And
0: I mean, I know Terrico played... The two games this round, but um, obviously that because he was injured the round before, and there was a bit of question mark. I was kind of like, mm, what if he doesn't play minutes? You know, he might he might start off with you know ten minutes a game rather than play the twenty five or whatever he's been playing twenty five thirty etc. So that's why I
2: went Cotton, and obviously it didn't pan out. But that's the way it goes. And it hit me in reverse. Remember a few weeks back, yeah, uh, when we had that news during the week that Cotton didn't train, and we thought. Oh, he might sit out. I'm a Terrico so you, you owner. Terrico. Terrico might go big with Cotton out uh, with more yeah. usage. De- uh, and and then come game day, we heard that Terrico was actually laid out. Cotton's gone nuts ever since
1: with Terrico out of the lineup. So yep. I guess it evens the, the playing field a little bit with that reversal. And I know you said your team was okay, but literally, explain the reason why you did so good. It's probably to do with Nicholas Kay.
0: Nicholas K is captain that's right I went against uh, Banksy's captain choice because
2: uh, right, um, <laughs> it work, it's working for you so far Well
0: it's worked for me and And you went against Benny's captain Are you just Kirk selecting the,
2: like... the second captain option that I put out every week I is think I did that was? the other week No I, I just went
1: that's... with K this week as well cuz uh, I don't know why in the end really but um, I remember in the podcast did... what did he say during the captains he was talking about this flight and he didn't <laughs> want to have K because he had to fly it, over to, had New, to, Zealand, over to New Zealand, over to New Zealand, and then back, and the then we schedule. had then we had Brandt potentially coming back, stealing all the yeah. rebounds. And, I did.
0: Uh, you're correct. Yes. So, what was your theory behind this? Captain was that decision? to put everyone else off? Well, you know what it was. In the end, believe it or not, it was a decision because I was actually going to go with Demetrius Conger as my captain, as a bit of an oh. outside, outside choice. I wish you did. And I talked Reckless. myself out of it. Although, you know what? Demetrius Kong has outscored long, so I still would have probably been you guys. Yeah, oh, well, yes, you would have. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, I decided to go K okay just because he's form like in the end, and I thought with Gus still uh, was still coming back from that ankle injury or whatever, and if he was coming back or not or what have you, I just thought he was going to play big minutes. He's been dominating, you know. He, it's it's question mark. I know Bogat's the easy choice, I guess, for captain. We're well ahead of ourselves. We're, to- we're talking this next week more. But case form's hard to ignore as well, like, you know. And I think he was
2: assisted with Cotton, again, Cotton being out Cotton as well. Cotton being out, There was yeah. definitely more shots for Kay there as well.
0: He's, You know what, and watching him in the games, uh, I actually uh, I got to watch both their games this week, he, he's scoring all over the place. Like, he's getting assists and all sorts of stuff. Like, he's, you know, he's all over the place um, score-wise. So um, it's hard to, you know, well, you know, if Bogus not, you're going to be your captain, you know. I don't know. Like even at, in, both, of, in both games on the weekend, he had five assists. So there's fifteen points just there, just in assists. You know, and you're talking
2: like a four man that's getting those sorts of assists. So does it all? And he's got a lower score of forty two. Mm-hmm. His last five average is 63. sixty three. Yeah, that's right. And before that, he had
0: a sixty four and sixty five. So he's five game average. And he's should just be started that.
2: four
1: doubles in a row, yep. and yet only as of right now, he's sixteen percent owned still. Yep. Guys, that I can't think of a better segue to our goods and bads, and let's start with the goods.
0: Time to talk good,
2: bad, otherwise. Banksy, you're running the show here. So as we just said, number one fantasy scorer for the week was Nick K., Mm -hmm. 135 fantasy points. Amen. 270 points if you had him as your Captain Boydie. Yep. Uh, 38 points clear of the next best. And he was 15% owned, now 16% owned post-lockout. And if you had a a look in the tweets there as well, there was a good little tweet running around uh, put up by at West Aussie. I think the name was Mm -hmm. there. Um, He managed to snap a picture of Nick Kaye holding his phone. Um, with Nick Kaye selected as captain, which was pretty cool. Nice. Um, out of nowhere, number two best fantasy player for the week was AJ Ogilvy. He scored a 97, um, predominantly made up with his 66 in the second game of the round. Um, that was 19 points and 14 rebounds.
0: Now, I know so I cannot find it anywhere, but I'm sure someone tweeted me this week that they were putting AJ captain, taking a big risk and putting... Uh, uh, AJ in as captain, so uh, kudos to whoever that was out there. I apologise, I cannot find your tweet now. But, uh, and there's by, only by, one of
1: you, so you know who you are. That's
0: right. By the way, uh, the tweet is uh, f- to tweet us. It's at bball underscore blokes. I know there's a bunch of
2: activity going on in there, but I just thought yeah, I'd throw that one in. And although he might be the only one, AJ, I mean, he did score a 31 and a 35 prior to this round. Um, after some very subpar scores at yep. his price down he's priced at 1.12 million pretty cheap and we know so, we know AJ yeah. can smash the scores well, so he's almost like a he's been a fantasy beast almost, in the past
0: could so. almost be a trade target if you've got the spare trade there and you want to get someone
2: a little bit cheap in Yep, so certainly one to watch i mean he's underpriced for what he can do but i'd like to see it a bit more regularly um third best we had Ty Wesley the grown man with a 90 which is probably what we expected heading into the round unlike his Uh, teammate Sean Long. Um, Norton surprised me a little bit. Um, I did consider him as an option, mainly because that point guard position was very thin on the doubles this week. Really? Uh, Did you
0: consider him as an option? Because when I brought up his name, you guys were... You actually didn't bring up his name. You guys were
1: haters. You said you were thinking about bringing in a mediocre... Uh, all right he was a bit winker. of he
0: was a bit of and a. I
1: asked if he was from is this, Westerners is this Earth, just and a, I
0: said yes because it was a bit of a, it was a bit of I wanted to keep it to myself because I've been keeping an eye on him and with Martin out he's been you know getting a little bit more minutes and that sort of stuff was and this look, a bit secretive I, like your I didn't
2: Nick get him K captain kind of thing well he or looks or exactly yeah. the same as Nick
1: Kay and like they're roommates and I believe roommates. they're roommates
2: so or well, they were roommates in Illawarra the dynamic duo Anyway, I saw a few teams around that had him at the point guard position, so... Than a couple, of, to them couple, a couple of the top 10 teams, I think, have him as yeah. had him as uh, as point guard this week. Well played. So. Well played. Especially yeah. with Cotton out. He um, certainly saw an uptick in usage and fantasy points. Ooh, next, next... next. Speaking Ooh. of, Ooh. Terrico. Ooh. Here we go. I brought him in this week. Oh, I only did Jenna. something right. Only because I couldn't afford Cotton. But, nonetheless, 81 points. Um, that included his 52 last guy last
1: game with Cotton sideline. So, so we'll he finally to... he finally lived up to his autocorrect name. He did <laughs> in, as <laughs> terrific. terrific. If, if anyone tried type Terrico into your phone and it comes up with terrific, it's uh, he's finally lived up to that. Which Hopefully, is good, would which is good only... to see. And look, we'll obviously be, over the next two weeks with a break be on Cotton watch. But
2: if Cotton remains on the sidelines, that from what we saw last game can only be a good thing for Terico owners. Uh, last couple I want to touch on with the good would be a couple of cash cows that we can keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Greta. He scored 22, backed that up with a 25, seemed to be getting some decent minutes the last couple of games with Illawarra's worries that they've been going through. But and he's priced at 392K, so he could, could potentially be. be a bench downgrade option there if you're trying to raise some money Definitely to upgrade someone on the court.
0: And I think I think that all comes down to that. We've spoken about Greeter before we all like the look of him we all, we think we've, I think he's got the skills just like Nah. Yeah. It's and I think they're the future of Illawarra to be honest those two together. Um, possibly are they
2: roommates? Here they are roommates. So I mean, speaking yeah. of his roommate Nah, he scored 34 last game. Huge. I was wrapped with that with having him on the bench and he went up 79k. So 100k rise for Greeter, 79k for Nah. Illawarra got the win. So Hopefully, with that win, we can continue to see a bit more of these younger guys, um, especially for our fantasy teams. One that you picked and jumped on last week, Benny Hall, 52. So, he backed up his 33 last week. He's now up to 836k. He's certainly one I'm looking at this week to bring into my team to raise some funds to bring in uh, Mission Bogut.
0: Those long-time listeners to the uh, Basketball Blokes pod would remember I was speaking about Devon Hall. and. You don't fluke getting picked 53rd draft pick in the NBA draft. Obviously, the kid's talented, and he hasn't started off that well. And he's admitted himself that he hasn't started off that well. But I always thought that he would actually get there at one stage and start hitting shots and start scoring points. And it's happening. Um, And unfortunately, I don't have the the trades available to get him in uh, at the moment with my schedule that I'm working on. So I'm a bit... Peeve that you guys have both got him, I think, going into this week. He's certainly one that I'm looking at bringing in. He's
2: one way I can afford to bring yes. Bogart in. That's a yes. Um, you got to have so he's more on that yes. next week. But I think the difference for him is he looks a lot more confident. Yeah. Um, he's shots dropping. He's looking more confident. Question I'll put out there is will it affect Trimble scores? Mm. Potentially. Mm-hmm. But he's certainly one to, to look at if you're needing a, a cash count. Seems it's to be Newble scores at the moment. That's, that's right, yeah. New, that's right.
0: I think Trimble's still going to score, and I think Trimble gets the ball as in he t- triples yeah, the ball it's up. It's run through him, isn't it? Ha- and most of Trimble's scoring He's scoring when he t- drives the ball. He's like Casper; he t-
2: takes the ball from one end to the other and drives and scores. Well, to look at it from the other side, Hall scored fifty-two. We're not talking bad yet, but Hall scored fifty-two in that game. Trimble scored his twenty-seven. 27. Yeah. Mm. Well, so do you want to move on to bad then? Speaking of. Let's do it. Segway again. Ooh, smashing Ooh, it today. Smooth. If I only knew. All right. So, not necessarily bad. Bad scores, but there's reasons behind this. So, we had Brandt as a big-name player. He, score, he returned, obviously, from his injury. He scored a nine. He only played the 14 minutes off the bench. Um, this was almost identical to his round one return from injury. Put up very similar numbers in the same amount of minutes. And just something to watch on. After that round one return, he put up 33 fantasy points the following game. So generally doesn't take him long to get uh, moving again. But he's one to watch with per schedule. Price currently at just $1.06 oh, six million, Lost 100 dollars If you're looking yeah. for a, a cheap centre, even maybe a potential bench option if you've got the cash there and, and the luxury trade of upgrading. Um, Newley, good and bad for certain reasons. Yeah, so he scored 10. I doubt there's many owners out there. What was really interesting is he played 18 minutes in that last game for Sydney, while, like most of us who have Bowen on the bench, he managed to play 23 minutes. So I'll be finally seeing a bit of Bowen overtaking Newley minutes-wise. And, look, Bowen's performance certainly helped him. 15 points and 5 rebounds.
0: Yeah, I think, though, yeah, Newley's been up and down. I mean, he had that couple of weeks, where in the last couple of weeks, I guess, where he scored pretty good, and he, he was even in the, the top... He's scores, old not as old as Bogart but he's yeah. yeah he's over 30. Yeah but I, and I think with Bowen and him and that's it's a couple of weeks where newly scored well and Bowen didn't and I think that's the real reason behind it yeah. so
2: we'll wait and see. Any more bads you got? Yeah a uh, couple so we spoke about Trimble 27 on his single a um, lot of owners there but one to watch um Illy. Benny I'm sorry Shane Illy Left yeah. the 5% of owners with 22 over his double. Obviously scored that in his first game, and out of nowhere set out the second game against Perth.
1: Yeah. Um, oh, my problem with him is that I thought he was a rapper from Frankston, so I was trying to support the local talent, <laughs> and uh, apparently he's uh, not a very good basketballer, so maybe he's a rapper from Frankston. So, uh, Obviously, that second game definitely hurt, so yeah. move on, please. I was happy to
2: dodge him and Cotton this week. Webster 31. Um, so after busting out that massive 60-odd point fantasy game, I think it was the week before, came back down to earth, and the reason he's not in my team, 31. his shot wasn't dropping. So. 31 on a double, yep. Yeah, um. on a double, Yeah. So he had 12 and 19 fantasy points for the two games. Um, Cotton, again, only in the bad because he sat out the second game. He scored the 34 points. He was obviously out. Uh, my boy Amani Moore finally returned, and it was his block on Cotton that... Uh, hit Cotton's hand into the backboard mm. and as a result he's got a finger I think it's a thumb injury that's the same thing that happened to Moore wasn't it yeah. hand on the backboard yeah so, so he's oh, obviously yes. out for some revenge Moore there yeah. um, Bogut we were as non-owners we were hoping this might happen but he did score his lowest score of the of the season with 34 um, interesting thing out of that game he only scored 3 points in the game itself to get his 34 fantasy points Randall had an amazing game as we saw that battle with him and, and Kasper he scored 35 points in the game, but he only scored 36 fantasy points. So they almost scored the same score, but Randall actually outscored both in the game by 31 points, 32 points. Well, that just proves you don't have to be a scorer to be scoring points. And I
0: noticed 36. the other the other one was Nah Nah's score that we were talking about earlier in the goods. He only scored two points or three points in He's both an games. And assist man, an assist, assist man, beast. steals, you know, that sort of thing. So
2: and this last one hurts me. My number one captain choice. Oh, no. I expected twice as much. This was really poor. So Sean Long, 52, was my number one captain. Mm -hmm. And he he didn't even have the excuse of really foul trouble. Obviously got that fifth foul in one of the games, but he
1: still played a lot of minutes and just didn't look up to it in that second game. Kay was all over him. Did you say Sean Long or Shane Long? Anyway, that's a bit of a segue into our next... Uh, A piece of the podcast which uh, I'll be taking over Because we're going to be looking at some of our uh, our calls And some would argue bloopers from our pre-season We started this some, I guess, uh, multiple months months before the season actually kicked off Mm -hmm. So there's some interesting takes So uh, let's uh, cut it there and let's uh, have a flashback I got 99 problems, but my flow ain't one. Alright, so I know Bordy's normally the host, but I'm taking over. This is my baby, Ooh, so. Okay. Alright, so like I mentioned, we I had the pleasure of listening back to all of our podcasts to find the gold, or not so gold. <laughs> um, so we actually nailed on a lot of the stuff, like bargain plays, froling, uh, adnum, but that's not what this is about. This is a bit of uh, self-scouting and basically having a laugh at some of our comments thus far. And there is one that started in our very first podcast, which we're going to listen to now. Newbies. And, uh, yeah, uh, Benny's Big Calls, let's have Bordy's a listen. Big Calls. Let's have, a let's, listen. let's have a listen.
0: Now, I think the incoming one where I briefly touched on there is, is Trist. I think the first couple of games that I've seen him play and I know he's been playing in the Seaball, which is obviously a lower lower strength league, but it's been, you know, somewhat dominant there. I think he led the league in points per game and I think his rebounds are in the in the low double figures as well, something like eleven or twelve a game too. So obviously has that has the sort of game that I think could come across into the into the MBL and he's looked pretty good in the first two games, but obviously against opponents that might not be um, you know, a strength as an NBL team, but um, but yeah, I, I think as I said, as I mentioned before, we don't know prices or anything like that. But one to keep your eye on out there in the preseason games because if he's going to be playing some solid minutes and he's comes in in a pretty cheap price, um, I'm thinking he's kind of like waxy waxy Walker. Uh, uh, yeah,
2: all depends
1: know. on that starting price, doesn't it? If he's bargain priced, if he's rookie priced, okay. he would just about have to be a lot. Must have. Must have on your bench? Okay. Yes. Yeah. When I was looking at the team at a whole, trying to compare whether they're going to be stronger to last year, amazingly, I think, our boy, we're claiming him, right? I'm claiming oh, him. Oh, you're claiming <laughs> him? Boyd's <laughs> boy. boy, and, uh, boy yeah, no worries. Um, he could probably be just about the equal cool of Ty Wesley was last year, which is saying oh, something massive because yeah, no, no, there, was a, pretty massive. there was a there yeah, was save last year that's a big year. call look, Benny's I'm, big calls well, so we got, so, got a new so, hashtag already I don't know but so <laughs> so. what I'm claiming, my, I'm claiming now he's my no, boy I'm not too I'm just sure just saying that was Benny's big call oh, well look even I agree there was a month or so last season where Ty was arguably the form player of the competition um, but yeah, like I said I don't see it as potentially being that much of a drop off and I guess he might be my boy I said that uh, I know when we were watching the games, he uh, reminded me that of the bear Tony Rodaldson from back in the day. He's Got the
0: same haircut. And yeah. look, it's not <laughs>
1: just the hair, guys. I know like you've really been, I know you said that to me, but the size, the physicality. Look, I'm not saying he's going to be a hall of famer, but I think he's definitely going to be a fan favourite. And I guess the positional battle was who you mentioned before. Yeah. Um, uh, what have we got? We got Benjamin Button himself, DB Dave Barlow. So. I guess when I was looking at the teams as well, so we look at the changes. Now we got to look for where's that natural improvement going. So, you know, automatically think of probably Craig Moller. He yeah, has defense was awesome um, in the games that we saw, and coming from a pretty low base, but amazingly, we might actually get natural improvement out of David Barlow this year. <laughs> How is that even possible? I don't know. And I, I, I think with Trist as well, the
2: way the games priced just based on Last season, he should be rookie priced. And if he's gonna be rookie priced, he's gonna get minutes either way, whether he comes off the bench and Barlow starts or vice versa. But I think you're gonna find that he's gonna be rookie priced and he's gonna be one that's gonna be in a lot of teams from what we've seen so far. Ouch. Whoa <laughs> wow. Oh putrid. Ugh.
1: Yeah, I, I I sound at least three months younger. Is that <laughs> <right>? <laughs> <laughs> Look, um, so guys, that obviously doesn't sound too good now. No. Um, that was our very first podcast. We did say some nice things there. The Ty Wesley thing, oh, that does really Who said hurt that? Me. It was you, that wasn't it? That was penny. terrible. But I heard Homicide not say... Not much of a step down. Losing the position between David Barlow... Yes. That has not lost compa- too much compared to Ty Wesley last year. Well, yeah, it was whoever got the start. Wrong person, though. Yes, I, I, I can't. You, I did, can't say, that you did say you did say DB that, um, Benjamin
0: Button was it was looking good, blah blah blah. And I will prefer, you know, I will stand up for my, I'll I'll defend my position. I say I oh, did boy. say I said he was my boy. I'm gonna, oh, I'm happy to take that. But I did say that I thought he would play good minutes, and we are obviously not seeing that. He's not playing any sort of minutes. And really. to be
2: fair, that was fresh off us just watching a preseason game where Tris was pretty dominant. Yes. In a start for Melbourne United. With no so. Boone,
0: no Casper, no Mitch McCarron, I
1: don't think. Yeah. In those days, I think. No, no, that's no McCarron, McCarron was Biden, Biden. But for his position, he yeah. was very dominant. He so, look, <laughs> I was conscious of ruining our credibility. If this is the first time that you've listened to us, guys, please just listen to this next clip because this is what we said in retracting our original comment. What do you think about Ty? Well... Uh, just uh, firstly about Ty, I did make a big call in our very first podcast because my boy Dan Trist I had picked out as the Ty Wesley replacement and next minute David Barlow looks like he's going to be getting all the minutes in that position and I had made the call that it was you know, pretty big at the time because I did say that Ty Wesley last season was one of the most dominant players, probably the best player in the league potentially for a month. Also there uh, for United last year. So he's obviously high-quality player. I think um, the other the other one we've probably got to touch on if we're looking at the good um, is
2: potentially the, the value of Barlow. Um, yeah. He impressed me, um, getting obviously the start. Um, we kind of talked up Trist a little bit on some earlier podcasts as yeah, potentially being a value pick. Off. He manages to, uh, you know, struggles to get five minutes in the games we saw. If I own- Um, but Barlow is a standout, obviously, while Boone is injured. Definitely one on my value watch list um, once those prices come out. Um, but he was impressive. I think the game that we actually saw on the Saturday, 14 points, nine boards, and a couple of steals. Yep. Um, points, and yeah. he he seemed um, to obviously be the beneficiary of, of Boone being injured. So yep. I think he's got to be one to watch, especially with their starting schedule. The first- and as we sort of touched on, Trist. Um, so I think we can comfortably... Mark Trist off our watch list now, um, yep. thinking that he might have been a beneficiary of the Boone injury, but um, struggling to even get on the court at the moment.
1: We're actually, we're going to go... Let's talk some bargains now. Someone else we're all going to have in our side. <laughs> yeah. And we want to start with
0: him, Boydie? Oh, I think uh, the person we're all referring to is Dave Barlow of Melbourne United. Um, obviously, the old man, I think he's, what, 35 or something, they're saying, um, has just had a ripper... Uh, preseason, he's even looked good in a couple of the NBA games, um, and I think he. What's his price at? Um,
2: Fifty-five thousand. Fifty-five thousand. Price at fourteen fantasy points a game,
0: and if you go off his average of thirty-one in the Blitz, that's a price of around at one point two five million. So, what we did say, Drumick looks maybe like he's this is Waxy
1: Walker, possibly Dave Barlow. Yeah, and we've seen this guy live as well. So we went and seen him at the college games and he walked, he had a spring in his step that I hadn't seen for years to be honest. He's, um, he's looking like a must have and yeah, I've locked him in. The
0: good thing about Barlow is he gets rebounds, he scores and he shoots threes so you're, you're kind of, yeah, he's getting points sort of all, all over the place a little bit. So
2: yeah, And I think our teams are starting to look a little bit vanilla knowing we're all looking at Barlow as our value pick, even without talking to each other. But I guess the concern with Barlow was um, a lot of those games, the Blitz, so he scored a 43, he scored a 39 in the last two games of the Blitz. That was without Boone in the team. Yep. So I think initially when we did our Melbourne United preview, we were trying to weigh up, is it going to be Barlow or is it going to be Tris that are going to get these these minutes at power forward? And it absolutely looks like it's Barlow, yep. um, especially of that Blitz. <laughs>
1: And for me, I do like both of Frolling and Vague. And I think, especially with Vague, we've done um, a fair bit of research uh, on him. And he's got a good story. He's been in the the Perth development squad for many years. So he knows the system really well. And he's stood out just from the eye test for me. If I had to pick one um, before we got uh, our... I guess my early crow for the year, which I want to put people off now, is Dan Trist. So... Um, me, I made a huge call earlier that uh, I thought and to me Trist looked better than Barlow in the games that we watched live and I thought he was going to be the next big thing but uh, I like throwing and vague and I'm crossing out Trist like you guys
0: yeah I mean I was uh, very positive on uh, um, Trist Trist as well I yeah, believe but...
2: you labelled him as your boy in our <laughs> Melbourne preview was that right? Yeah, I think I did. Yeah,
0: his boy, his boy. That might have been an early era. I was, I was throwing you guys off the scent. I was trying to get his <laughs> interested so I uh,
1: could have, pull a sneaky on He you. was my boy too. I did really like the look of him. He looked, he looked good in
0: those games. I mean, they were against the college teams over here um, uh, when you're watching him live. But um, obviously, as that's sort of gone on and, and as Barlow's been dominating, really, his minutes
1: have sort of gone down and down, 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 yeah, 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 down, 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 yeah, yeah. down, 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 down. Okay, guys, so if that wasn't Oof. enough... Warning for you, and you started with Tristan. your team. Um, you cannot blame us. Blame Boydie. <laughs> no, don't blame me. Your boy. I said he has to get minutes. He's still our boy, just quietly. He is? Um, we can't take away what we've seen. And uh, personally, if I was running uh, South oh, oh, or something stole like my. that. Stole bit. Yeah. He'd be a target. You agree, Boyd? If
0: he's only on a one-year contract, you definitely want to be looking at him. Tommy Greer? Have a look at have a look at the kid. Yeah, played at the Frankston Blues. So. He's got a tough man tattoo now too. I notice oh. it's a recent addition. There you go. So, be uh, yeah, well it'll model. end up being a sleeve or something. It's not, it's not a
1: phoenix, is it? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that. It, maybe be that the close. next
0: one. Can't see that. Can't see that closely. But
1: okay, so now that that initial Trist stuff is out of our system, uh, I've got a little special here. I'm calling this um, maybe Banksy's blooper. Mm. I think we've all had a few bloopers along the way. Um, but uh, let's uh, fire this one up. This CJ was like no Kazakh basketball player I had ever seen. She had golden handles, teeth as white as Gazy's hair, and the triple doubles for seven year old Russell Westbrook Banksy. Talk about CJ for us.
2: Cedric CJ Sealing Jackson.
1: Oh, Sealing. Sealing, 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 Sealing,
2: Now, guys, obviously, as fantasy coaches, we absolutely dream of nailing that captain selection in a week where we actually have a guy go out, get a huge triple-double, um, and that's what can really separate us from the other fantasy coaches out there. How many triple doubles do we think CJ has actually put up in this league?
0: I believe the number's four, though,
2: is that right? It is four. But, wow, I okay. mean, how can we not consider a guy who has the ability to put up a triple double and has already done so four times um, in this league
1: alone? I, I mean, mean how, how can we not, how can we not,
2: can we not, can we, not, cap cap we not, cap
1: not? Do we want to move on to the million dollar players? Yeah, but don't tell all the secrets, Benny. Oh, well, that's what we're here for, guys. So, um, out of these million dollar import priced players, we're calling them. Um, we have, uh, Dalian, uh, from the Thirty Sixes, Cedric Jackson, and, uh, Mellow Trimble. Who do we like? Please say Trimble, please say Trimble, please say Trimble. I mean, it's obvious. There's no way we'd say CJ, would we? CJ is mine. Oh man. I think,
0: uh, and he showed it in the blitz as well. He's kind of like a triple threat. He can can score points in different ways. And I think, um, he's going to certainly get plenty of player time at Illawarra. Um, and if you use the Blitz scores, um, his average score of thirty-three is about a thirty percent premium based on that one million-dollar price at the moment. So he's undervalued. Thinking, yeah, yeah. So he, um, you should should see a little bit of a rise in him pretty early.
2: A guy priced at a million dollars that's put up four triple doubles in this league previously. You've got to consider. Yep. Um, so he was, funnily enough, uh, the import uh, for me as well at point guard. And as you mentioned, like he he's got that ceiling, 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 ceiling. Benny, these
0: are gold, mate. Uh, you guys can't hear it, but uh, I was literally in tears then, laughing
1: at half of that. So yes, um, so obviously, bit of a bit of an error. We are loving what Trimble's doing. There, look, there are other times that we definitely talked up Trimble. I know myself and Banksy did, I think. Especially over Hall. Bordy was, over. Bordy was uh, all over lot. Mm-hmm. But I didn't include that because, you know, the opportunity to have a bit of a go at uh, a couple of my podcast colleagues here was uh, too hard to uh, pass up. And to
2: be fair, I did consider CJ and I considered him and he's not in my team and never has been. And to be fair... He's only had one less triple-double than Sobe this year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you still miss that, man, So, Alright, uh, moving on to another little blooper. Our mate... Oh, jeez, I can hardly say his name. Someone Illy. Shane. Why we call him Shane, let's uh, have a little flashback to that as well. Shane Illy, last year. Did you call him Shane? I did. Whoops. Shane. Um, Shane. Shane. <laughs> <Shame. laughs> <laughs> now... So a little a bit about, about Shane. He was your boy. I know. I. He started, was my boy. I shouldn't know uh, his you name? He's, he's that. He's, he's that much a Bordie's boy that he's now Australian. From the land And being Shane. <laughs> and, 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 and. Before we get to that two guard position, we've got. Uh, we're going to go with uh, Bordy's bargains or Banksy's Bar- <laughs> or Benny's Benny, bargains. Benny's bargains. Whoever wants to start, I think Bordie. Brian's bargain. Given that there's the first player on the list, there, Shane. I mean. Shay. Shay. <laughs> Your boy, Yili. I'm still, um, still commenting for that. Um, do we want to move down now to the million dollar players? As I've just said, I'm not too keen on any of those that are above that price. Just quickly, we mentioned Jacob Wiley before, we won't be talking about him again. My favourite player in this, and it's probably going to be controversial because of the schedule, but I really like Sean Long. And I'm planning on starting... Well, having him in my starting side at the moment. At that power forward position to pair with Wiley. Because what that does is if you look at the schedule, you get Wiley for the first couple of games. And all you have to do is sub him off to Sean Long. I I may have actually called him Shane. I may have done it nearly. Shane! 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 Okay, so I know that I ended up with uh, Shane on my team, and I'm the only one to do it, but uh, the Shanes... No, everyone had Shane Long. Well, that's right. (laughs) We all had Shane Long, and it seems to be contagious on this show, so um, I'm going to call that uh, a bit of a and Benny's blooper. Now, something that we all did was overlook a particular player, repeatedly, and... Mm -hmm. uh, This particular player has come out and proven us all wrong. I know what's coming here. I know what's coming. Let's roll the tape. Um, Another decision to be made, I know we rate this guy as a player, whether he's fantasy relevant or not, is Cam Glidden. Obviously, he was, um, I guess, uh, the second string player behind McCarron, but they basically ran the show, those two. so, I know he had a shocking start to the season last year. He only averaged eight points, uh, I think it's uh, two boards and three assists for the first eight games, so first decent portion. Um, and the last, eight, for the season, he boosted that up to 12 3 and 3. But I think that, especially with uh, uh, G and Kadee and um, hopefully some uh, big man presence, uh, health going well, that. Uh, I don't think he's going to outdo his numbers from last year. What do you guys think? Yeah, no, I don't think so. I, again, like you mentioned at the start, I
0: like him as a player, and I like watching him play because when he's in form, he's he's a good, natural sort of basketball player, looking basketball player. Um, but I think it's a wait. It's definitely a wait and see. And you know, they've got a good schedule early on, which we'll touch in a minute. But um, I think I wouldn't be taking a risk with him to begin with. But if you're a, if you're a Glidden lover.
2: Take a chance
0: on me, take a chance on me. Go for it, have it, you know. I think he, there's, there's some games there where he's going to have some big games, but it's whether he can do it on a consistent level, especially with um, G playing alongside him. So but you just said thing. he's a
1: good-looking basketball player, so maybe you're a Glidden lover, but just in another way. You just think he's a good-looking player. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> Good-looking basketball player. Ah, oh, okay. The way he plays
0: basketball is good-looking. <laughs> all right,
2: all right. And I think for Glidden, he's just, you know, he relies on his scoring just... He's in that same basket as Kadi, uh, I think. So he's been a consistent player of the last few seasons, but I don't think he has that high ceiling. Yes, he can bust out if he he's hitting his shot, but again, he just doesn't pat enough of the other stats in other areas outside of shooting, I think, to be fantasy relevant. None of the three of us will have uh, Steve Holden, our team, Benny.
1: Yeah, that's right. So I guess we're all in a bit of a consensus here on that. But so Cam Glidden, definitely from a basketball perspective a great pickup. Um, I think uh, Brisbane can, well, we've discussed the top three teams, Sydney, Perth and Melbourne, Adelaide were a bit shaky on, so I think that Brisbane could be, if they stay healthy on paper, they look like they could be a team to contend for that final spot, um, so good and not fantasy relevant. I personally would be looking at more of the other guys that are in this premium price range um, that had the good schedule, so you've got Glidden, Sobey, and Goulding. My favourite out of those three is Sobey. Agree. Yep. We all agree there? Yeah, I like Sobey too. Yep. Not fantasy
0: relevant. A bloke that's averaged 39.7 fantasy points for the
1: season. And who, and who is G? G?
0: Who yeah, good G? point. Who is G? Anyway. It wasn't, wasn't G Banksy's boy?
1: Yeah, he was all of ours, let's be honest. But uh, yeah, just wanted to really include that because massive props to Cam Glidden and anyone that rolled with him this season because it was something that we repeatedly overlooked him and, uh, you know, he's stepped up massively.
0: I said in there, and it was clear
1: in there, I said if you're a Glidden lover, then take a punt, you know, why not? And we did talk him up as a basketball. You said he was good-looking. No, I and, said he was a good-looking basketball. and he plays good basketball. And we said it was a good signing for Brisbane, and they might be able to contend and, and like. So, um, yeah, we didn't uh, bow him out. We just didn't think he'd be this good at fancy. That's right. He's had a couple of games with the low 20
0: score. I think his low he is actually 20, so he hasn't had any real massive low games, but...
1: Um, He's obviously had some high games as well. so. Yeah, we said, I think Banksy said he was a bit reliant on his shot and doesn't pad the other stats, but his shot has been going and he has been padding the other stats. So.
0: And just to, to think a bit long-term as well, they got a pretty terrible schedule. They've got a double on round eight and then two singles and then round 11 and 12 you might think of him because you've got only Adelaide and Brisbane on the doubles. So you might want to think possibly about getting him in for round 11 and 12 when they've got two doubles in a row. But uh, schedule's probably going to keep him out of my side at the moment. And potentially the inclusion of (coughs)
2: Patterson. Yeah, I mean,
0: Patterson's come in and he's been doing pretty well, I think. So he'd be one, and he's a bit cheaper as well, too. So he might be a different... No no worries. Benny,
1: what have you got next for us? All right, so in there, there was a little bit of a prediction that I made that's, you know, it's probably not a bad time to bring it up as well. So we've got, throughout our early podcast, we made some predictions on how the teams themselves would go. mm -hmm. So that's what we're going to listen to now. See if they're holding up. With the cohesion of... United, I think that will be the thing that gets them over the line. I've got them finishing top. Big call. Ben, a bit of Ben's Big calls. Ben Back big again. calls. Oh, look out. Yeah, look, I think looking across the league, there's only a few teams that have been able to keep their imports. So there's Cotton at Perth. Who else we got? We've got uh, Steve Holt. I don't know if you want to count Steve Holt. Don't um, let's start me there. Yeah, let's, let's forget about <laughs> Steve Holt. Uh, lost money from a million bucks last year, but anyway. Um, obviously Ramon Moore at Adelaide um, and Randall at Sydney, yet Melbourne have kept both of theirs. They've kept two, so I think that's going to be huge. two of the most consistent probably as well, although Randall and Cotton. Cotton won MVP, I guess, but Yeah, it's pretty rare and I think that'll get them over the line.
0: Yeah, I think definitely they're going to be top three, but I mean, as we saw last year in this league and Yeah, we haven't seen them play in the league yet, but just with some of the import signings through some of the other clubs, I think we've really got a we've got a league where anyone can beat anyone, and you can get on a streak and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I think Melbourne are going to be up there, and I think the cohesion of their roster is pretty good and is going to put them in a good stead. I think you know there's there's still the great unknown, and I'm and I'm not really ready to call. I don't think they'll I don't know if they'll finish top. I mean, it's a possibility and um, maybe I'm being a bit too conservative, but um, I'd say they're, they're, they're going to be in the finals, but um, yeah, I'm not
2: exactly sure where they're going to
0: go. What do you think, Banksy?
2: Totally agree with you. Where do you see them standing? I'm a little bit worried about Adelaide. Um, I think their roster's pretty rough, especially compared to last season.
0: No shortage of options uh, in the Perth roster, and I think we're all in agreement here that they're definitely going to be top three, as they normally are. Yeah. Um, and there's every chance they'll finish first uh, in the regular season.
1: Well, we've discussed the top three teams, Sydney, Perth and Melbourne. Adelaide were a bit shaky on, so I think that Brisbane could be, if they stay healthy on paper, they look like they could be a team to contend for that final spot. I think those predictions are holding up pretty well. Nailed it! Nailed it! I mean, there's interestingly <laughs> most people tip Brisbane in the write-ups beforehand to finish bottom
2: mm-hmm.
1: that I read, and they've lost you know a bunch of buzzer beaters, like Couple, the first three yeah. games He's that Patterson it. played yep. or something like that. Yep, it was, yep. um, and they're currently sitting in fourth. That's right.
0: still a long way to go. We're not even we only what just over a third of the way through the season, but. I just want to give a shout out to all the Perth fans out there, and we know the Perth, the Red Army, get quite uh, passionate. Passionate is a good word. Yes, we'll use passionate. And you know, we had them in the top three from the start, and I think I even mentioned there that they a good chance to finish on top, and it's looking that way. Really, they,
1: they look out, they look far and above the and top teams. That was another one where a lot of the I think Roy Ward, like a lot of the journalists, had them missing the finals. Oh, so- homicide. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, homicide takes the piss. And what's but... very
2: impressive about it is with all their injuries. Yeah, that's they're right. They're pretty much, bar
1: K, all <clears throat> four starters yep. have been injured at some stage. And multiples. multiples, And, multiples and have missed, yeah, multiple games as well. So Now, Banksy, there was a comment in there about Adelaide's roster and how we're not, and I mentioned that we're not too, uh, we're a bit shaky on them. How do you think that changes with the, obviously, the removal of Dalian and the addition of Konga? <laughs> Like I think, they are, I think that if shows... that was the roster at the start, we probably would have had them in the four still. Ah, yeah, I oh, yeah. think absolutely. It's, it's sure. a massive upgrade. Yeah. yeah.
0: I think that, that comment is fits perfectly with what's actually hap- which what's transpired in the season and then what they've done in the last couple of weeks, getting Conger in and De
2: Leon going they're, out. They're fifth as it stands right now as well, so they're not in the top four.
0: And they've looked a lot better as well. And it's kind of... Sp- awoken
1: Wiley up and all that sort of stuff to get in fire under Dremish as well alright guys that's a good job I did throw one thing in there mainly because I had a decent little comment in there as well It's probably why I included it (laughs) now um, next one I think is probably going to come across pretty good as well Um, we were very uh, I guess uh, early a bit of an early crow on this next player let's uh, have a listen yeah I think the only other
0: question mark that's a real outside chance at the moment I think is 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 um, Brian Bowen and whether he comes on in leaps and bounds. Obviously, Brian Bowen is the um, next star player for Sydney Kings. And, uh, I mean, if he you know, busts out and is ripping up games, then maybe he then he might jump Newley for his spot or something along those lines. But I think, once again, Newley's got the runs on the board and I think he'll start the start of the year at least and then they will sort of
1: play it by year. Now, of course, he is not the first prospect that we've had. Um, You'll probably remember Terence Ferguson. He was kind of the the trailblazer for this. So what I've done for you guys is compared their high school scouting. So Ferguson was ranked the 11th best player in his class straight out of high school, and Bowen is ranked 14th. So we're definitely dealing with a similar level uh, of talent. Now, Ferguson's production. So in the season in the NBL, he had 15 minutes, 4.6 points a game, just over one rebound a game, and just under an assist a game. So obviously this is not really fantasy relevant, but it was good enough that he still got drafted 21st uh, overall in the NBA. So looking at the key differences between Bowen and Ferguson, so to me he just looks at a little bit more solid They were both listed as 6'7 out of high school, but perhaps Bowen could actually cope a little bit better with that whole being a boy playing against men factor. 6'7 for Bowen. Does that include his extra foot of hair? I'm not sure. Is
0: that that his hair? Is it like a raccoon on top
1: of his head? I'm not sure. Maybe that's why he's uh, coping a bit better as predicted with that whole boys against men factor that uh, Ferguson started to struggle with. So obviously Bowen's been... Uh, awesome as uh, a bench spot for us in fantasy Mm -hmm. this year and just an awesome play to watch in general. Um, And he's more than doubled in price from his starting price and um, quite relevant this week after
2: he overtook Newley in minutes last game as well.
0: And it was good to see his his mum courtside or thereabouts uh, for the Melbourne-Sydney game last weekend uh, with the bow and jacket on and all that sort of stuff cheering him on. So I think she was on the, the coverage a couple of times, so it was good.
1: And did she mention she was a hairstylist? I thought I might have heard that. Maybe that's some of the... Did she get in? The reason for the fancy hairstyle. Did she get interviewed? I didn't see any interview. Yeah, she did.
0: Okay. She did, so... So the... But I think what we said about um, Bowen and Newley, I think, come out pretty accurate, I guess. Uh, we just spoke about it quickly before when we were talking about Newley... One one week, one of them plays good and the other plays bad, depending on minutes, and then it gets reversed the week after, or what have you. So, yeah, I'm pretty, that, I'm pretty happy with that one. We yeah. had some pretty and ones to start off with. We some we were definitely laughing and tearing up here in the uh, the podcast booth. That is Casa de Boyd, but um, <laughs> before, it, thankfully, you finished on some good ones, uh, Benny. Yeah, I, they, I actually
1: thought that was a massive call to think that Brad Newell, you know, experienced player, could potentially be overtaken or at least or in minutes and performance by this next gen player given that all we had to go off was one preseason game and some high school stats mm-hmm. massive call, and I actually think it's coming to fruition so yeah, I'm pretty no wonder on. you're uh, beating us all pretty that's happy. part of the fun isn't it looking back at our preseason predictions yeah. you're not going to get them all right you're
2: going to get some right there was a lot that we were absolutely on point with and there was some that we got drastically wrong
1: as well that we can only laugh at ah oh, yeah and I think that mellow Trimble, that uh, CJ one, I, I really enjoyed that one. And yes. perhaps that is why, for you and me, Banksy, we've only had Trimble for one week, which was the week that he uh, didn't uh, tear it up. So That's uh, it. that could be some karma bus coming right back at us there. So And I thought stats don't lie, but in that situation, they definitely have.
0: All right, so I guess that uh, that finishes up the podcast for the week. I hope you enjoyed the trip down memory lane of what has been the basketball blokes 2018/19 NBL season so far. Uh I think it went pretty well. I reckon we'll do one of those probably near the end of the uh, season or after the season as well. So uh as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, we've obviously next week we're going to talk captain choices, trade targets, all that sort of usual stuff. Hopefully we get some news on Cotton because that's probably the big question mark at the moment and everyone's talking about that on the socials. While I'm on the socials, obviously at bball underscore blokes on Twitter or drop a certain question in Facebook, which is just basketball uh, blokes. And in the meantime, stay classy.
2: Cheers.
0: Go Aussies. Go Aussies. Cheers.